0: Hey, it's Jess, and welcome to The Heart Strong, a podcast where we explore navigating the challenges in our lives. It's my personal mission to guide you towards your greatest potential. So come along with me as we explore living with courage, or as I put it, living heartstrong. Welcome to the HeartStrong Podcast. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Bridget Piacenti. Bridget has been part of every season of the HeartStrong Podcast. Um, She's also a dear friend of mine of over 20 years. And Bridget's a wife and a mother of two. She's a business owner, and she's a renowned international Ashtanga yoga teacher who has trained with just the top teachers in her field, um, But what most people love most about Bridget is just that she's a continuous student of life. She's always learning, she's wise and loving, and that's why she's sought after by her students and friends alike. Um, she has an incredible ability to accept others as they are and to make them feel fully seen. And she's also one of the most resourceful people that I know. I, she can turn anything into something mm-hmm. useful and inspiring, which is a super fun part about being her friend. Bridget and I have been friends for over 20 years, and with each season, like I said, we come together to do a podcast that ultimately, honestly, is some of my best listened to episodes. We come to this episode today with a combined 33 years of motherhood, nearly 40 years of marriage, and over 40 years of career experience. So we're going to drop some wisdom on you today. So welcome to the podcast, Bridget. Thanks for being here again.
1: Thanks for having me, Jess. You're Yeah. I'm excited yeah, you're those, here. Those number of years really threw me, whoa.
0: <laughs> How is that That's, possible? Those
1: collective numbers, yeah woo, okay. yeah, woo, okay. I know, I was
0: thinking about that last night and I'm like, I got to pop that in yeah. here because we're going to talk about all of those, these topics today. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about pushing up against social norms through the lens of, as I mentioned, motherhood, friendship, Marriage and partnership and career. And we have three topics that we wanted to discuss today to share our thoughts, our wisdom, and our curiosities. You know, we like to do a podcast together kind of on the topic of culture. Like, what is going on in our culture? What are we noticing in ourselves, in our worlds, in our friendships? We like to break that down. And so I think for both of us, we I think we'd agree, Britt. I think you'd agree that we're passionate about being disruptors in our spaces, like in the spaces that we find ourselves. And so we're all, always interested in different points of view um, and are comfortable you know, exploring things outside social norms. And as I was working on this podcast, I noticed there was an NBC poll from January 2023 that said 71% of Americans think we're on the wrong track. And now that's potentially about politics. But I think what it says is that 71% of Americans or people just kind of feel like we're not in the best place. And so we're going to dive into what we think some of those things might be today. And so the three ideas we're going to push against, and this is going to be part of a two-part series. So we'll do the first part here and the second part you'll get to listen to next week. So the first three, the three ideas we're going to talk about are making people comfortable while we're uncomfortable, the second thing is going to be canceling ourselves in the cancel culture and letting go of a victim mentality and the idea that we can have it all. So these might sound somewhat provocative, um, but we think that they're important and interesting topics to dive into. And so let's dive in. So the first one is making people comfortable while we are uncomfortable. but what comes to mind when I say those words to you?
1: Um I think that you know we've talked about with when you step into something, anything that's sort of brought to you, that your first idea a lot of times for women is how do I enter into this space, not necessarily for myself, but what is going to be kind of accepted? And that's how we make those decisions instead of looking at it from a perspective of what would make me my best self going into this situation and then staying with that. And we get really pulled. And I think this comes to, um, you know, maybe I'm going to pull in like self-care. This always comes back to this inner work that we've talked about, that not looking to the external, especially in a world that's so noisy, which is, is very, very hard. I think that self care and, and practices need to be very routine. Um, and Not just like every once in a while, I'm going for a walk to clear my head, Oftentimes, some of these self-care pieces are—we're so far depleted by the time we're even approaching them. This is something that has to be looked at every single day, quite frankly. Whatever that is for you, so that you're armed almost with this uh, sense of self. And I'm not saying that you don't get challenged, and you're not like, "Yes, I know who I am," and you're walking in with that armor. It's that. I'm, I'm always working on talking to myself about who I am and and entering into those spaces that um, I'm honoring myself and not pushing myself to the background in order to make others comfortable as I enter into that space. And so I think you can stay true or hopefully to that if you are working having something that you're it's like a checks and balances um and that when you do go in that you're worthy of that you're worthy you know i think there either can be this guilt this shame or i just need to kind of blend um and yet that's just not it's not working for women blending is not working even if you're someone who says oh listen i don't like to stand out this isn't meant for the women who are just these, you know, natural born leaders, or, you know, more maybe, I don't even want to term it, you know, but that feel like they want to really be seen. There are those people, I would say, you know, you and I might be some of those, those characters, That it's okay for me, um, you know, to be seen in these spaces. But there are times that I don't want to be. There are certain, arenas that I don't want to be, you know, front and center? Absolutely. And so I have to honor those places where, yeah, I'm not super comfortable um, stepping into that. So what does that mean for for me? How am I going to, um, I guess I keep saying honoring, Um, it's not going to look the same for all the arenas that you're in. So it's not a one note. Um, And you have to constantly be looking at these things on a daily basis and that's the inner work piece and it can't be done by you know jumping into this jumping to that and just bringing more in to sort of cover all of that up and that's the hard part is that you have to want to do that work but then you really have to want to put it into practice and this is where you do it is out in your life You know, it's not meant to be in a container. Um, So I don't know, you know, if that kind of fits that. Right.
0: Yeah, I think that what something you said is that I think we get so far removed from ourselves wow. and from who we are and what we think that our default becomes making everyone else comfortable around okay. us to the detriment of ourselves and we don't even know what makes us comfortable, right? Because like you said it's like we're like, "Oh, I feel I'm feeling off, so I'm going to run and go I'm just going to go take a walk." I mean, we're so depleted from not get investing in ourselves in that way that will kind of just, you know, like when you're really tired, you're just like your kids can eat crap. You don't care. Right. You know, it's kind of that idea. And I just, I I think women are exhausted. I think women, and we're going to get into a little bit, our generation yeah. are exhausted. I think the pandemic, the, the aftermath of that, all of that is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when we are especially tired, we don't we just kind of let everyone else sort of take over and we, we're, we become disconnected with ourselves. But I think it's really important. Like you said, to s- decide you have to get in that discomfort and say, yeah. this is, I'm feeling really uncomfortable here. I don't like this. I don't, I don't want to make this choice anymore. I don't want to do this thing anymore. And to get to that place, it like takes a lot of courage, oh, right. Yeah. To, yeah. to, 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 yeah.
1: And that, that piece of, <clears throat> Again, it's interesting, right? It's being uncomfortable, um, making other people be uncomfortable, so that you are uncomfortable. And in a lot of spaces, you know, it's like you are—you find yourself more and more uncomfortable. Like you really need to look at that and go, like, what is going on? Because that sometimes I think the statements like are I often use, and I think it's it's common in our generation. Like, I don't have the bandwidth for this right now. You know, um, maybe it's like the overwhelmed piece, but I agree with you. So we sort of just default and we're like, you know what? I can't really address that right now. So I'm just going to step into that same role, those same shoes. And what we end up doing is really starting to um, pull the, the covers like further and further over who we are. And then we're really, really in a bad place for ourselves because we feel like we're not showing up in the world um, whole. And I think those that's a really big piece um, and then so many things start to get um hidden, and uh, the shame, the guilt and and all of those pieces and these decisions are coming from places that don't feel right to us. so I think that that's something um where we become this whole this whole idea of the pushing up against those norms. Because a lot of times what it is, is that it's pushing up against those norms because, well, this is how everyone's kind of moving along. So I'm not comfortable with this, but I'm going to let this be for me. I'm going to take the hit so everybody else, I can just step into this and everyone else stays comfortable. And we become a little robotic um, and really. So distant, I I, I think that's what I, it's so distant from who we really are. Um, And that is an absolute detriment to feeling any fulfillment in your life and, and satisfaction with anything you're trying to do in your life or any of these roles that we have. You just feel like you're lesser than in a lot of categories. And we know as women, we're so many things we're so complex. And I think it bleeds into all of those areas, not just one being motherhood, not just friendship or partnership. It definitely, these things just all come together because I think as women, that is how we are.
0: That's who we are. We're all like, it's all, it's not, we don't have, we don't keep things in silos. You know, it's interesting
1: because like we,
0: we talk about wanting to empower women and empower one another in our relationships but really a lot of the times what we're doing is we're just keeping us all in the same silo right because if no one's speaking up if if no one's making others uncomfortable if no one is saying what they need we're really not empowering one another as women as friends right, right. in relationships to really be ourselves i mean what do you think about that I think this
1: goes back to and we've talked about where I find this interesting and, and, and you and I both love to collaborate and I love collaborating with women in particular. Um, and I feel like it's something that um, I work at for sure. And it is another practice because I you're working with um, other women where there's this like scarcity idea that we've been, been you know told or, or even felt, not just told, but felt in maybe the workplace where there isn't enough space for us in a certain area that we want to be in or, you know, um, career or interest. And so it's sort of like this clawing at rather than, you know, like, to use your words, like, you know, setting a wider table. And I think that's such a, you have to have this mindset daily, but also go into collaborations and working with folks where you see that in practice that, you know, This is what one of my strengths are this, and this is also the inner work. So here is here are some of my gifts that I can bring to this table. What can Jess bring to this table that's just going to expand, not make it more narrow that she's taking from me? Because I think sometimes with women, we want to say, Oh, I love, you know, women supporting women. And that's not true. Women supporting women, as long as what you're doing doesn't conflict with what I'm doing or takes what I'm doing then we're not supporting you any longer. And I don't, that is such a, I noticed that so much um, because now they're a threat. And why? Why are we, why do we look at it that way? Why can't we champion someone else? Um, there's enough, I believe. And again, I'm going to push up against the social norm. Someone's going to tell me statistic and data. That, 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 that I don't care. I need to believe that there's room, that there's space. So I can continue on what I feel called to and do my work. So if someone comes up and says, well, you know, you can't, oh, this, and you know, there's this statistic or that, that there's only this much space in this arena for what's already there. I used to be that way and think, okay, well, I won't even try. And then I thought, no, because that really denigrates innovation and creativity, because we're all going to kind of tweak it a little differently. And we're all, we all have something to bring to the table to make it bigger. bigger. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Well, it's like, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, there truly isn't, but what is new and what is unique is our perspective is what we bring to the table based on our story, our experiences. And so that's, what's interesting about it. And I think, you know, if we would honor the things that, are we're like, I'm good at. you're good at we're at we're good at some similar things. We're good at some different things. How together can that be powerful and, and and then owning those things? So part of that going back to the you know, creating making ourselves uncomfortable while we make others comfortable, it's like we need we're not speaking up for ourselves. We're not saying these are the things that we want. These are the things that I'm good at. Oh, and I have enough confidence and agency in myself to recognize something in you. Yeah. That's good, right? right. Versus just saying, "Well, she's not doing this, and she has this ugly outfit." I mean, these are the things women do, right? Instead of saying, "She's actually really good at this," and
1: I—that's not one of my strengths. And by the way, that doesn't mean it's any—I'm lesser than because of that. To me, that always seems to be the algorithm. It's like I can't really say that about that person. Because then either no one's going to notice me and that's one of my students too. Or there's this whole, you know, comparison, which we know, you know, is the thief of joy. That's, that is, I think that's one of the biggest issues that we have in, in changing that language, you know, that we really need women out there doing that work. That saying, you know, Hey, there's space here. And I want to hear what you have to say about this um, because I love that about you, you know? And I love that about myself, you know? This, like, again, this is the self-care piece too about how you talk to yourself, right? And how, but how you're talking to other people. Like, this is a two-way street with that. There's reciprocity in how we express to other people, of course. But for sure, how we're expressing, it does us no good to be this like love fest to all of our girlfriends. But we feel like and talk to ourselves like absolute absolute dirt. dirt. Yeah.
0: That's such a good point. Like we, we, it, it looks good from really? the outside, but we leave, let's just say a get together or, you know, a girl's dinner or something kind of feeling like crap. Absolutely. And I think that probably if women are honest happens more often than not. And I think, and I, you know, it's so interesting to think about like generational things too, and how, how, what we learn from the women before us and and what we model for those coming after us. But it's like that idea of break, bringing somebody down to build ourselves up is sort of like an age old women's tactic, frankly. Mm -hmm. And what would it look like to flip that script instead, and being truly supportive and happy for one another. I I think we talk about that, but I don't think we do it. You know, there's this quote by Glennon Doyle. I mean, you and I both love Mm -hmm. her, but it says, wasn't it all supposed to be more beautiful than this? Mm -hmm. And I wonder like how much, you know, we contribute to that in ourselves. You know, we say it's supposed to be more beautiful, but maybe we could have made it more beautiful if we were somewhat more honest about what we wanted and what we think and who we are. Right, And
1: then another, you know, I love the, um, Brene Brown where direct is kind, you know, direct is, is an act of kindness. Um, and that indirectness, that sort of, you know, passive aggressive, like we, you know, we have this ulterior, like we know where we want to go with it, but we don't, go there with it. We go way around it. So then people are confused with what our intentions actually are. Be intentional. You know, I mean, that's something I always say to my kids is like, be direct. What do you want when they're trying to sort of manipulate me into getting something? Like, what are you <laughs> You're talking right. about here? Like, tell yeah. me exactly what it is yeah. you want. Because I don't have, I'm going to say it, the bandwidth to do the roundabout. Five times, I don't, what are we, where are we going with this? I'm not following. And I think that happens oftentimes too, is that we, when we're receiving a message from someone, we're really confused about what it is the other person's about. We don't think we we really recognize so much about, that much about how we're putting that into the world and, and how it's received is sort of like, is confusing. We think like, oh, you know, this should make complete sense to this person. If we're not honoring ourselves, I think oftentimes it's very confusing out there, you know. Oh, well, I'm just keeping it simple and and whatever. It's not. That's not really, you know, the whole idea of I'm not responsible about how you receive my message. I can only be responsible about how I put it out there. Mm -hmm.
0: and then owning however that is perceived or whatever. You know, I think that it's true. I, I was talking to somebody or listening to someone talk about women in the workplace Mm -hmm. and it was very interesting because they were just saying how it's some women are not direct. Like we don't, I think we have two, two methods. This is a big generalization, but we can be um, direct and then apologize, you know, for it. Or we kind of have an attitude on our shoulder and we're just, we're direct and not a very kind way. I mean, I think that those are, I think it's, it's very, it's something to work on is saying I'm going to be clear and kind. That's what Brene Brown said, like clear as kind, direct as kind. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, back to this, this comfort discomfort, it's like, it is okay to make people uncomfortable with asking for what we want in order to make ourselves right. comfortable and then working through that with them. Like we don't always have to be protecting people and asking for what we want yeah. and, or what we And need. I think
1: that's one of the biggest pieces is that, you know, we look at, you know, history, right. In terms of, and we, we absolutely have that where either we're going to look like the aggressor, like we're too aggressive or we're the big keyword or whatever, if we're, asking for something or saying what we want in, I wouldn't say, and maybe it is direct, but it's firm, then we get that tag. And the other one is this, you know, this sort of like, we're not really asking for, we're not being direct. We're not really asking for what we want because it's got that apologetic, as you said, tone to it. We're almost giving the other person an out to not give us what we want, you know, to be like, she's not. She's not totally sold on that. So we're just going to kind of, you know, placate and not. And especially in the workplace, uh, and I've said this before, and I've experienced it many times, the number of times I have to go back and say no to something that that I've already said no to five times that I don't want to do, that I'm not going to do. But I have to say it many more times than probably, you know, male counterparts, because it's that. Either they think they can manipulate me into getting what they want or they just don't think that that's really, I don't mean it. I, wh- wh- where is this? Yes, I mean it. And and that I think is is a really big issue. And so what happens is you get pushed so many times that I think sometimes women go, well, maybe I don't mean it. Or I'm tired. I don't want to have to keep saying this again. So I'm going to give in. And you think we've been... A- I do think that that's been abused
0: power. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. For
1: women.
0: Well, let's talk about this, like in the confines of marriage for a Maybe. second, because I think, you know, we've both been married. I've been married almost 20 years. I can't remember. Are you at 20 years?
1: Yeah,
0: 22. 22. Yeah. 22, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we've been with our people for a while. Yeah. And I I wonder too, as wives, in our cases, and as women in relationships, if we have made everyone else comfortable in our in our relationships, including our spouses or partners, mm-hmm. for a very long time, because culture tells us that's what our role is. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how it's supposed to be. And then we wake up one day and we're like, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to continue to forego myself. Mm-hmm. For someone, it's very, it's a very, it could be a very rude awakening for the partner in the relationship. Sure. And so maybe we don't do it. Like, let's talk a little bit about how important it is, even if you're shifting it today, even if at 45 you say to yourself, I want to start, stop making everyone else comfortable around me because I want to be comfortable. Like, let's talk about how important it is to give women the permission to do that. Um, And maybe it doesn't have to be so adversarial. It could just be showing up as you really want to be.
1: And I think this is one where, again, where we're sort of assuming this idea that either someone's going to know exactly how I'm feeling, you know, I think in in partnership and marriage and, and what we were sort of, what we kind of saw maybe even with our own parents was this idea that they, um, just could read our minds, right? We say, that it's like, we know that not to be true. We can't read theirs. They can't read ours. I mean, for, you know, uh, various reasons, myriad of reasons, this is not happening. So I think here again is an issue where we aren't asking for exactly what we want um, in a lot of cases. Um, Maybe we're tired too in that, or we're just like so ingrained in this patterning of kind of these parallel, you know, we know with motherhood falling into that with, or, you know, parenting falling into that with relationship, it changes. It has to change. And that's the other piece about all of this is where you and I are very much about that message of, of change and evolving and that we don't sit in a space and we are just like, okay, I've learned enough now. I'm good. And we have that language now. We know that. I don't necessarily think that that our parents had any of that language. I think they thought like, you get into a partnership, and okay, this is what we have, and we're just going to kind of keep going down. And there wasn't that communication as much about, hey, what do we think of this? What do you think of this? Uh, you know, change within yourself. I mean, if you're going to stay this this course, um, you have to be open to one another going through a lot of change and reassessing. And I would go so far too, as I'm a real big believer in that really being okay. It's like, okay, this isn't, uh, in terms of like partnership, this doesn't work for one in the relationship. You have to reassess that whole, thing. you know, instead of just Throwing it back in and going okay, but we made this commitment. And I mean, you got to just really be willing to shake it up and really go go deep and in some areas go dark on some and be really oh, accepting that that is part of this. I guess not okay. I don't want to say okay, but accepting that that is how you're going to get some longevity. I think in in a in a in a marriage or a partnership is that very realness that. I'm going to change, you're definitely going to change. And we need to honor that and see it, recognize it, acknowledge it, um, at least in my experience. And, and we've been gone through many times where we've had this You know, over 22 years and we were together I think seven years prior to that. And um, there's a deep-seated love for one another and this other human. Um, There are a lot of annoyances along the way, right? Yeah, it's true. You know, I want someone to push me and the other person to push them to have these conversations um, and not always be happy. Exactly sort of the track that they're going or what's going on. I think this is, to me, this is part of it. I think it's hard. It is. I think it's it's yeah. you know.
0: Well, and I think it's like, if you didn't, you said it earlier, like if we don't have the model for this, like if our parents didn't model these kinds of relationships that I think we want to have, I don't think that they, that they have modeled them. I mean, some of us, some of our parents Mm -hmm. have, but I think if you want to look like culturally or generationally, because you know that I was reading something in the in preparing for this is that one of the challenges of the generation Gen X, which you and I are at the tail end of being a Gen Xer, um,
1: just make
0: it is we just barely make it. Yep, and you know one of the things that is a that our our you know generation is challenged with is that our mothers didn't have it all. I'm gonna put that in air quotes. So we're gonna talk about this a little bit later but they told us that we could. So we could have dinner on the table in the corner office and all of these things. And it has created a lot of anxiety in women in our generation. And I think it's also sort of this underlying idea about how we've ended up parenting, which I think would be interesting to get to into a little bit about all the sports and all the things we have our kids in. But I think where that also like Blend like bleeds out is into our relationships, and you have to be like my husband always says, and I know yours feels the same. It's like you have to be two evolving people, or it's not going to work, you have to be two growing people, or it's not going to work. And if it's not modeled for us through our parents, it's hard to learn to do that. And so, but it's not too late, I guess, is what my message for people today is it's not too late to speak up for yourself, it's not too late to work in your relationship because. We know that the way the path forward is growth, is discomfort, is disrupting. And so doing things that are different, um, right. you know, that's like you said, you've got to switch it up. That's the only way to continue going and the, for the longevity of relationships. Right. And I
1: think the uh, overall um, arcing piece of all this is the vulnerability piece, which was not modeled. That's, I think, the key piece. They were not really... It was, you're not supposed to be, you weren't supposed to be vulnerable. You were sort of just have just to understand and just get it. And like, we're satisfied with this and we're just going to move forward with it. Even though I don't agree with this and, or this doesn't feel right to me, but I think that generation was not allowed to then, I would say, expose themselves in that way. because They didn't have that language. They weren't talking about doing this inner work. They weren't talking about, you know the the wholeness and, and, in you know, and mind, body, spirit piece, which I think we have more now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where it goes for our, our the next generation. But um, I think we are the ones that are bridging this, you know, uh, again, with, you know, social media and everything and, and who we, we have so much exposure to the outside world globally, right? And ideas that they didn't have. So that was a little bit, a protected time in that we could just believe this and that's just how it is because there was lack of exposure to any other real uh, way of thinking you know or maybe a couple different ways of thinking we have exposure to all the ways so it's confusing you know and it comes at you and it really challenges you in a way to say, what is it that I really do believe? I think that we're so challenged on a daily basis with our own agency. And I think that might be one of the biggest issues where I think they could have, and they didn't have this language right as much, again, sense of agency, whatever that meant for them, but they just weren't challenged as much as we are on a daily basis. Maybe in their own circle, their circles, but. And their, their, you know, job, whatever. But beyond that, it wasn't coming from all of the places and spaces that it's coming at us now. Um, there's so much- well, and they just
0: didn't talk about things. Right. I think there was things like you just didn't talk about. Yeah. You know, yeah. you didn't talk about relationships. You didn't talk about personal growth. You didn't talk to your kids about sex. You didn't do these things, right? And so now we're in this place where our kids are so exposed to right. things. Right. And we do have to get uncomfortable To be able to talk with them. And I want to, so I want to talk about motherhood a little bit in friendship before we end this topic. Um, motherhood, you know, you know, you, and like I said, you and I are at the tail end of the Gen Xers. Um, you know, we have kids in travel sports, we have kids in all different kinds of things. Um, You know, it's like what I noticed an interesting trend when I was looking at this, that millennials, which is the generation after us, actually have their kids in less things or feel less pressure to have their kids in things than our generation does. Which I think goes back to, you know, what we said before, there's cultural trends and then things that have been modeled
1: for us. And that we were told that we could be all the things. So I think in our minds, we're like, we're going to have our kids be all the things. Like we're going to give that to them, that exposure, that um that ability to do it, and we're and that's what we do. I mean, I'm that's what we with, do. with that. You know, I, I've definitely gone that where we're running, 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 doing all these things. And I think yep. at one point when they were younger, I thought we're not going to do that. And then pretty soon, you're signing up. Here for we are. Things you're like, how did I get here?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then to get, to unwind yourself out of that is hard. That goes back to the making other people uncomfortable. No, we're not going to go to that tournament this weekend. No, we're not. People don't do that. People don't say no. It's like, I don't, I, we have so much FOMO. Mm -hmm. We don't want to, we don't want to be left out of something. Or if we, if our kids are left out of one invitation, it's like, they're not going to be a college basketball player, you know? And it's like, where can we make a choice to. To choose ourselves, yeah. or to say this is what's peaceful for my family today. Right. Um, you know, it's okay to say no to our kids. We're not going to be in two two basketball teams right now, and because somehow we've bought we've drank the Kool Aid that that's what makes for a successful kid or a successful family or successful future to the total detriment of ourselves. And yeah, yeah. We've I just our, I really busy
1: ourselves into absolute oblivion you know that's yeah
0: into exhaustion into being unhealthy into and so it's like I want to push up against that norm because I have kids and all of those things and I enjoy them and I love watching them do them but I also want to teach my kids that it's okay to have a boundary and it's okay to say no Mm -hmm. and just because you say no at age 10 doesn't mean you're out of the loop at age 15 to do something and and I know that that this issue is prevalent in coaching and sports and the way people got get onto teams. And I don't even want to get into that. But the point of it is, is that it's okay as parents to choose peace and choose comfort for ourselves and our family and our relationships over sometimes these obligations that we're given.
1: And I, and to your point, I think, We're afraid to say also, we are afraid to say no, not necessarily even for what it means for us. It's really like, what does it mean for my kid? Right? Right. Yes. Maybe that means, you know, we've made up in our minds that they're not going to go to this next thing or they're not going to be invited to this. So you sort of get into this space of negotiation with yourself of saying, well, we'll negotiate, you know, I'm going to give up this like free afternoon that we have. Nothing. But we've been going, 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 going. I'm overwhelmed. I'm spent, but I've got to do it. So we've got to sign this kid up and we have to go. And then pretty soon you've gone weeks on that. Now we've gone seasons. Now we've gone years of this busying ourselves because we definitely as a culture admire admire people who are living chaotic lives. And it pushes everybody to keep going in that same uh, in that same pattern. And yet when we go inward with it, we're like, what the? I don't, yeah. feel, good. I don't feel good. You know, we, just, we, well, and then we, then we have to boundary this stuff. We talk about all of it, but again, are we yep. doing it? I'm not sure we're yeah. putting that into practice. I don't know. If, I don't think a lot of us are because of, like you said, the social norm. What does it look like? you know, what are the optics on this for my kid? If I make this decision, you know, there are a lot of these, these factors, and we're not protecting it.
0: Right, right. Well, and I think to that same point, it's like, then we have social media, which is like, then we're posting the 12 games and all the things, which is, I mean, they're all fun. I love doing these things with my kids, Mm -hmm. but I think it's like we've it's perpetuated then. And it looks great online, but you don't see the frazzled mom who's hasn't slept and hasn't exercised for herself and ate, you know, a granola bar for breakfast and feels like Mm -hmm. crap. Like, Like, I think it's like, we have to balance those things and model those things in some way. And I think it's going to shift generationally as people make different choices, Mm -hmm. but, um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's something to be aware of. And I guess if you're, you know, to everybody listening, like it's okay to say no, it's okay to pull back. It's okay to take a break.
1: Our parents Um, said no to us all the time. Yeah. You know, we talk about that. Like, And this is a generation where it's like, the kids are running us. I don't know. You know, we're we're not saying no. I mean, I think that would be one thing our parents would love to say, Hey, listen, what we did. Yeah, exactly. We said no to you. We, you guys were bored. You didn't have, you weren't overscheduled. You, you didn't have something going on all the time. Um, and, you know, again, with that comes, we weren't exposed to as much and there wasn't as much offered and all of that. So it, it makes sense. Like at that time that, you know, we weren't in as much, mm-hmm. not as so much was being offered either. If I to yeah. So now True. we know it is, but it, it doesn't mean that then we just have to go to hell in a handbasket and say, we have no choice. We always have choice. This is where we we call into like looking inward and saying, you know, and recognizing that we have choice. Even in pushing up against the social norm piece, there's choice. Uh, in And again, entering into spaces just because we're like, oh, I feel like I have to, but I really don't want to do this. Going to a girls' dinner where you're like, I don't ever like the conversation that's happening at this these girls' dinners. But I feel like, Am I going to be, you know what I mean? Like, what does this look like? Again, what are the optics if I don't go? Well, the optics are you don't go. Right. That's it. That's you know, it. And it's okay, okay you know, to change that. Yeah. If we really follow it through the train of thought, like it doesn't mean anything more than that, more than that. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we can sometimes get really, really in our heads about, I just have to keep going because, oh, whether or not you know, I want to keep this social status with this group of, you know, in my kid's school or whatnot. Well, I think you need to sit with that and go, but do I really want to? Does that really matter to me? And when you can get to those moments where you go, it really doesn't, it's very freeing. There's a lot of freedom with boundary practices that, that you go to. And again, like I said, you have to go to them daily and often this isn't something that just is done like once a season. Um, And I think that might be where the touchstone is on for women too, is that we don't have enough of that implemented for ourselves because we feel like we need to be the ones that just, you know, recede and are everything for everyone else. Um, I, we've talked about this, the self for me, uh, you know, I am going to protect that. Um, I'm not 100% great at that, right? But I do feel like I'm I'm a, a very much an advocate. That is, it is my message in the work that I that I do, um, for sure. Is like you have to go in in order. I mean, as simple as it, you have to go in in order to go out. I feel like you know the the yoga practice for me was something that I felt like I started to kind of really tap in. And then it started to bleed into my life. You know, the, the saying of like what you do on the mat is what is really the most important part is what you're taking off the mat. And you can use that analogy for many other things. Um, that's what's important in in the choices that you're making in your life is that you aren't the last person that you're listening to.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I think that as we're thinking about like kind of closing out this topic mm-hmm is that in order for you to be comfortable and not you know and not being always uncomfortable by making people comfortable to be comfortable within yourself you have to take aligned action in your own life you have to get quiet you have to listen you have to say this these are my values this is what's important to me this is how i want to live my life and then from there you take aligned action i'm not going to go to that girl's dinner we're not going to do this extra group sport. We are gonna do this in our marriage. We aren't gonna, you know, and 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 coming from that place of sort of a personal power, if you will, allows you to be more aligned in your life and just to feel more peaceful. And I think that's our point of this topic is that that we can live in more peace in our lives, but we have to take aligned action. We have to drop into ourselves and then we have to have a little courage yeah. to speak up for ourselves. Absolutely
1: and I I think this brings up, and I know as we're wrapping up, but as you're speaking, I'm going, this is that thing that we always talk about. And we always see where we've come up with these like five steps, 10 steps, you know, that it's like, because people are looking for some type of algorithm, like tell me how to do it, you know, tell me something to follow. And I would argue that like, while that's great. And that might be, a template for people that are just like, I need to kind of hone in on something. It still comes back to what we're talking about. Like the five steps are in you figure out your own five yeah. steps. You know, what yep. those things that I think, again, have to be attended to, they have to be watered daily. A, a checks and balances, or am I going through some of these things, or I've got something going on in my relationship? So where can I start? I'm overwhelmed. Where can I start to unload one thing that maybe doesn't have to be attended to today? You know, these are the five steps. This is the, yeah. the blueprint on how to go about this. But it comes always back to us doing that. Nobody else can do this for. Can do that. Nobody else can do this for you. And I think that's what we don't want to totally hear. So we just go, okay, I don't, I'm just going to go do the thing. That's easier.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. Well, I love that. So I hope if you're listening, um, you will work on, you know, caring for yourself, listening to yourself, taking aligned action and not just making everyone else comfortable at the expense of yourself. So think about that, push up against that social norm in your life. And, um, you know, let us know what you think about that. Feel free to reach out. We always want to hear what you think about these topics. So I want to go on to our second topic before we close out today. And that is um, canceling ourselves in this cancel culture, which I loved that little phrase. You actually came up with that, Brid. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an extension of what we talked about before. This is really about listening to ourselves. But I thought this was interesting. Like I was, when I was thinking about this, like how do we define cancel culture? So this is what it is. To be canceled means that a person or group decides to stop supporting someone or something based on a transgression that's actual or perceived. And when I was thinking about this, like we do live in this culture that the answer instead of talking through things or working things out or understanding different points of view, we just cancel them. And, and, but this for us conversation is really that we do this to ourselves. We stop supporting ourselves. We are hard on ourselves or things that we do that, you know, maybe that we perceived or that are actual. And then we cancel ourselves. We silence our voice instead of, you know, exploring what we actually think and being true actually to ourselves. And so like, what do you think of when we, when I say, you know, canceling ourselves, what comes to mind for you?
1: Well, I think along those lines that you were saying too, that we're again, you're not, we're not a one note. And in that this whole thing of evolving and that we just have to be open to going, Hmm, this is how I think right now, but I'm open to being curious about maybe I won't think this way always. And um, I think, you know, growing up um, in a religious house, uh, home, you know, in, in Catholicism, and I'm a very faith-based person, but I was always a very curious person. It's not dogmatic for me. It didn't make some of these principles or tenets didn't make sense to me. Um, the overall being, you know, kind person, giving it up to God, there's something bigger, larger, it, I completely embrace, you know. Um, and that there's beauty, always beauty in the world that can be seen. Um, those definitely still to this day. But the idea that I'm not going to, you know, grow and evolve in my level of acceptance um, be, through fear of what some what it looks like, maybe uh, someone else living a little differently um, or thinking a different way doesn't scare me it doesn't scare my existence that they think this way is now once again we go back to the same I think a lot of these are very you know this very universal thread if you will that that threatens me or my life in any way it doesn't and so can we coexist you know with these ideas and I think what we find with cancel culture right is exactly exactly this it is fear this is a fear based you thinking this way threatens me thinking this way and threatens my existence in the way I know it. And I'm satisfied with how I'm living. So I can't have you doing this because then this might disrupt, you know, me and my life. Um, Instead of seeing this as this, just this bigger picture of, of acceptance, which even as a young girl, always made sense to me. So where we're going with all this is just very confusing to me. I think all of us are like, we got to agree to disagree, people, on some of this. Um, we're not going to expect that we all think the same way. What nonsense is this? Um,
0: well, and it's nonsense, too, because then what we have is we back to our topic we just got off of is that then everyone's just folding into the social narrative of whatever it is. And how many people, I mean, you can answer this for yourself. If you, you know, those of you listening, like how many times have you folded into a social norm or a narrative that you actually don't believe in? Because the alternative to that is to disagree and have, and make it uncomfortable and have dissonance and And we're afraid of dissonance. Mm -hmm. And so we just fold into things of whatever it is. And then we're, And and ultimately what this does, and there are social implications, but ultimately is it's we're taking we're canceling ourselves. We're canceling our own voice. We're, we're, we're operating out of self-censorship. We're censoring ourselves. And it's like, what would it look like to get to a place where we can say, this is what I think based on my experience and the, the information that I have today. And for you to say, well, I don't know if I think that based on this and we had a conversation versus this other stuff. And I think the trend, the way that we're going, I mean, we're modeling this terrible way of existing as humans for our kids.
1: Yeah, it, we're we're modeling what isn't really any type of a dialogue. I mean, on the basis of the definition of how to communicate, you know, as humans, like we're not doing it. It's very one way. It's like, I'm going to tell this, I'm putting this out here. Let me throw this, you know, and then it's dropped. And there isn't any there isn't any room for any any dialogue and so i think exactly to your point you're scared about offering up anything or having the discussion because either we go back to the fact that we're all tired anyway so sometimes <laughs> we're just too exhausted to yeah. have that conversation um, yeah. right it's just not worth it uh, for us because of the energy outputs that we already don't have because we have nothing in the reserve so so many of these things, you know, bleed into it, and and I think exactly that. Like if we could model some of this once again, some of uh, a, a more freedom to to living, because as we know, once again, we all have different experiences, life experiences, right? We're spiritual beings living, you know, in, in uh, a human existence. Is is, the, is I love that that term, um, and I believe that. And so we're all coming to this with very different life experiences, daily life experiences. And this can be just a richer, richer experience for us all if we could actually expend, bring our voices to light um, and then be open to the fact that it might not be met by everybody with acceptance and that's okay. It still doesn't mean that we aren't living a a full life. You know, again, when you're always looking to the external for validation too, this is where you will be sorely disappointed every day. I say that to my kids, someone will disappoint you every day. You're going to experience where someone, you held the door, they didn't say thank you. You know, on the simplest level to you worked really hard on this project uh and you took it to the team and they hated it and they were like you totally missed them you know you're gonna be disappointed and so I think that level of resiliency and finding a way by going inward be able to also bring yourself out you have to have because every day we don't get up and someone's like you're amazing you're awesome you're this you're you know Um, yeah so it's
0: hard it's hard, it's hard, yeah, and I think it's it goes kind of goes back to what we said earlier is like asking for what you want, saying what you think, and I and I think it is so important, you know, one of the things that I notice a lot amongst mothers this is on the topic of motherhood in school, for example, and I have three kids at three different schools, so I hear lots of different things from lots of different people, but people will say something like, I really don't like this. I really disagree with this. I really like something that's maybe pretty significant actually, but they aren't going to say anything. Like I think one thing women do is that we'd rather kind of, you know, bitch around with one another about things than actually speak up about something because we're afraid of what those implications are. Social norms based on the groups of people at school, based on, you know, we don't want to be canceled at the school for speaking up. And it really bothers me. And I think it bothers me because I have had to live in such an advocacy role for you know my children, and I have to do that for Bodhi, and it is very uncomfortable. I will tell you, like it is not a comfortable place to be. I don't relish in the fact of having to speak up about things that most people aren't going to speak up about, but I guess I want to challenge listeners to 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 speak up, and if there is something that you really don't like, and I'm not saying that you're complaining, but and you can give constructive feedback and ideas about how it could be better. And, and it's something you really believe in, like put yourself out there to do that instead of being afraid of being canceled or because you're that's also not aligned action for yourself. You're not living in alignment. And I think the problem is, is that we don't know how to have those conversations with each other. So most of us default to just not saying anything. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, I would agree in terms of that honoring yourself rather than going up against like you're saying too is like the the advocacy role and you're like listen I'm tired of fighting you know and you're when we're hearing about maybe more what we would consider maybe just complaints about what isn't being done for us or what isn't being met for you know and say in a, in a school setting um I have, I have definitely with you saying in terms of hard time with, I like solutions. I don't love to ruminate about what we feel is wrong. I know we, we need to know that so we can kind of hone in. What, how can we solve this? But I really don't love to waste time on that. And I do find sometimes with sort of packs of women where it's just like we're just constantly saying, let's just talk about what's wrong. I want to go back to the the parenting thing I, that's hard for me too sometimes because I'm like I just don't want to language bitch left and right about this. There's so much more energy to me it feels to do that than to either stay quiet about that or flip the script a little bit and use a different lens. Again, pushing up against social norms. what other people might say like I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna on it. I'm just trying to see this from a different angle because the other angle is so exhausting for me um, and it doesn't make me feel good. I mean, simple as that? It doesn't make me feel good. So I, you know, as we say, I don't want to go there with it. It doesn't mean I I, I think that it's not an issue. Um, it just means that I'm going to look at this from a different lens because it's the lens that I need to To keep, again, true to myself, to maintain energy, to be in my day, to be an effective human for myself, for my family, and for the rest of my community. And maybe folks would say who really love to complain about things or see it that way, that that's how they feel whole in their day. Okay. but that doesn't work for for me. So I would say to women too from this conversation like think of yourself in those settings like is that really you? Is that serving you in any way? Doesn't mean the the problem doesn't exist, but be a crit- use critical thinking, be an innovator, push up against social norm to maybe bring a different little nugget to the group that makes people think differently and or go, "Huh." okay. Like it, it, it's making me think a little bit differently. I'd love to be a disruptor in that way where you sort of kind of throw it out there where you don't have everybody going, oh yeah, totally. You're so right. Because I kind of want to go into spaces where everyone's like, yes, I totally get you. Oh yes. I totally understand. I see you. I hear you. Like, and we got to stop doing that because yeah. I don't really think everybody does. Well, and I think that people, you know,
0: when you aren't confident in what you think, because you're not aligned with yourself, then you're going to be like, yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, that's great. Even though you actually don't think that. And so I think that's the point of this idea of canceling ourselves is that we're, we're quieting our voice. We're censoring ourselves, and we do this in motherhood, we do this in our marriages, we do this in our friendships, we do this in our careers and i do think it is scary in this culture to speak up because there are um implications yeah. for that and yeah. that is something that i really really wish would change it's only going to change by modeling it but here's but here's the other piece that i think is important to say is that you know my very, one of our my very first boss that i had when we worked in advertising said if you want to come with a if don't come to me with a problem come with a solution. So basically it's like, you can say that this is going, not going well, but don't just come to me and tell me what the problems are. Come to me with a solution. And so I think that's a great way to model speaking up about something is saying, you know, I'm really uncomfortable or concerned about this what if we tried this or maybe this is what what are what do you think and how could we maybe do this differently and asking a question instead of because i think one of the other things that i want to balance and say as far as speaking up is that people can be really mean today they're very mean on social media they can be very mean because we're not loving and respecting one another so if you are going to speak up and you are going to say what you think I really advise people to center yourself yes, exactly. and to go in a posture of love and of desire for good things and of collaboration and of solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a lot of work and that takes a lot of self-awareness and, um, you know, alignment. I keep coming back to that yeah, word. I
1: know. I love that. I yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you have to say about canceling yourself before we wrap up this episode?
1: Um, I think that with this, it comes back to kind of how I opened it to in that the way in which I think you can have some armor, so to speak. I mean, that's not the right word, but in this cancel culture where you're entering into spaces and you're, you're really not honoring yourself. So you're canceling yourself in this cancel culture is, you know, building that res- resiliency in a way that just continues to honor self through everyday practices where you keep meeting yourself and it checks and balances, asking these questions of yourself on how you're entering these spaces. Do you want to enter these spaces? But then following it up with action is is that you have to practice those things. So if you always have these feelings, but every time, you you know, feelings of like, I really don't, you know, I'll use the example we used earlier. Really don't love going to this girl's dinner or, you know, or this this book club or whatever it is that we're, you know, in, we have to not keep doing the same action, you know, with the thought stays the same. And so does the action. So we have to change something in that and make that the practice. Um, And through those those little pieces, we build this real sense of self and, and and trueness and honoring that I think we get more courageous, uh, you know, more confident in our voice when we use it more. We don't silence it. You know, we don't hold back. We start to understand how to use it in constructive ways because it is coming from, uh, a, a deep rooted place of, um, acceptance of ourselves. I just feel like if we could model this and, and just go back to creating whole individuals, we would have so much more freedom in this world. That it is about looking to the outside as to how we can make ourselves better. It's never gonna be that. It's never gonna be that. And so when we finally can see that, accept that, that yeah, we can buy the handbag that we love because that, that feels good, but these are all temporary things.
0: They're not going to make us really happy. They're not
1: going, happy. you know. They're not going to make us love going to this girls' dinner anymore, even though we've got a cute purse to go to the dinner, and we look the
0: part because we have the same one that everyone else has, right? Like yeah. we, it, like that's yeah. not where it's yeah. at. And I it, think it's like cultivate cultivating this deeply beautiful, unique piece of each of us, and then honoring that not only in ourselves, but what you said at the top of the conversation in one another, in seeing the really amazing things that are in our friends. And then really, frankly, like finding a friend group that does that for Absolutely. you and, and, and getting out of the friend group that doesn't and getting out of the place that doesn't bring you peace. And it's like getting courageous enough to do that first for yourself, because that's just going to ripple away, ripple into every
1: other part, part of, of your life. life. And as you said mm-hmm. earlier with Glennon, you know, isn't it supposed to be more beautiful? I think it I think it can be. It can I, I, you be, yeah. have to be driving that and and that's the social norm piece is you have to be pushing up against that and looking at that through that lens. You are re- going to be responsible for doing that. There is beauty yeah. out there, you know, um, but if we're constantly focusing on what isn't, Um, And wanting to really belittle anyone who doesn't see things the way we see them, because that threatens how we feel, you know, all of these things play into the fact that we aren't going to see it as beautiful either. Um, And I am just not willing to live every day like that that's mm-hmm. so exhausting or right, not scenes. I know it is I'm not, that's saying as if I haven't but I, I I've stepped in that and tried that out and it just doesn't feel right so that's another piece I would say to our listeners right is step into those that those shoes or um and try it out and try it out and see how
0: see what you found yeah. Well, thank you, Britt. This has been such a fun conversation as always. And we will be back next week with um, part two of this conversation. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining me here on the HeartStrong Podcast. Please rate and review this podcast and share an episode that you love with a friend. Because when you do, you help us grow our mission of encouraging people to grow through the challenges of their lives and to
1: live their full potential. We'll see you next time.